Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give, and there's no regular commitment. Just click the link in the show description to support now. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, bit to get 30, bit to get 20, 20, 20, bit to get 20, 20, bit to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Rusty Quill presents Dave, no, uh, Steve's on his way to bed. Long earned, well deserved. The guy's been through a lot, a hell of a lot, by Ostium standards. I feel for the guy, really. But that story, what happened to him, when he fell through Ostium, when he fell through time, it's beyond incredible, almost beyond believable. But after everything that's happened to me, everything that's happened to us, I can't help but believe. What a story. It's hard to believe. Hard to take all in. Yeah. But is it true? Or is he just lying through his teeth? I look at her, disbelief on my face. How can it not be? We've all seen so much more that any normal person would think impossible. Supernatural. And yet we all believe. Do we? Well, I know you do. I've seen a lot of things, a lot of shit, and I'm not sure what I believe, even after everything. It's a lot to take in. But that story is just another part of it. (laughs) Farfetch doesn't begin to cover it. But he told it with such empathy. I felt for him. He really believed it, wholeheartedly. Okay, fuck. You got me there. He really believed it, but it was the details. They were so close to the truth, but it still wasn't what actually happened. Like what? Like Kaling and Tanaka. Though, according to Steve, it's Keelan and Takaya. Awfully close, but not quite. Okay. Anything else? 
You heard my recordings. You know my story, my history, my fucking origin story. How I found Steve, a tiny baby in that development I was working on. And here, he tells us he falls through time, a crack in Ostium, and arrives on a building site, naked as a babe and not remembering who he is. But he's still a grown man. Again, close but no fucking cigar. Yeah, that's pretty fucking weird. But what about the details that don't add up? You mean like his foster parents mysteriously disappearing? Sure. And that's keeping in line with his early Enigmatic Mysteries of the Unknown recordings. Fine. Whatever. But the year. He said it so confidently, without fucking question. 1999. Yeah. It doesn't fit with either of our timelines. It's significantly before yours and way the fuck before mine. It's totally separate. His own fucking timeline. I stop and look at her, not fully sure if she realizes what's going on here, if she understands what she's saying. But what is it, Monica? It is his own timeline. What? What the fuck does that mean? He's my son. Yes, he's your son. Only, he's a son to a different you. His timeline is different from yours. Just like this timeline of Gibraltar or the Ostium Network is different from ours, from mine, and from yours. They're all separate tangents that flow along parallel lines and at specific points along the way have crossed over. Some have continued on their own trajectories and some have converged to form two timelines and then one. The one we're in right now. Are you saying what I think you're saying? If you're thinking that each of us is one of three separate timelines that have now converged into this timeline of this Ostium network, then yes. I suppose you want me to use a witty Back to the Future reference here? (laughs) Couldn't hurt. Fuck you. You're just not thinking. Don't fucking say it! It's a new day, fresh and clear and goddamn beautiful. Blue skies, warm sunshine. One of those days where the last thing in the world you want to do is sequester yourself inside an office and work. It's all about hitting the warm sands of your favorite beach, or enjoying a big outdoor lunch with friends, or just getting the fuck away from everything and trying to clear your mind. Yeah, it's about where I am right now. I feel like I need a month of personal introspection to process everything that's happened in just the last few days. It's been so much in so little time. That's why I'm here, hanging out in a distant part of the rock, all by myself. This is also where the first explosion happened, the first mighty crack of thunder, the first rip, the terror through reality that killed a bunch of people. At least that's what Zhang said. She said I didn't find anything, no evidence of anything of use, but I need to make sure. With cameras everywhere, I get that. But I need to see for myself and to get that alone time, too. We had a quick discussion this morning over breakfast about what to do next. 
They both looked at me like I had all the answers. I know I'm different now. Changed after what happened to me with the blackness, with the inner workings of Ostium. But that doesn't mean I have all the answers. Yes, I know I may have said I get it all now. I know the answers, and I do know some, but there's still a lot I don't know. I was speaking in hyperbole. Yep, shocking, I know. I think it might be the first time in my life. So, sorry for that. I said the first thing. It just popped in there. No, not the Stay Puff Marshmallow Man. The places where the explosions happen. The rift sites, as I'm calling them. And it was totally true. I wanted to check them out. Check them all out. We needed to wrap our minds around what the hell was going on here. It was getting worse. More violent. More extreme. The shit was going to hit the fan soon. If we weren't on top of things, we were going to be little more than innocent bystanders. Yeah, pretty dramatic, I know. But I also know whatever is making those rips through reality isn't fucking around. And doesn't care about taking lives. And Jong's totally right. There's nothing here. Nothing useful. I can't see signs of anything. It happened days ago and looks like whatever wounds were made in this reality have long ago healed. But not all of them. There are still some scars here, even if I can't see them. I can feel them. There's a tension here, a confluence of energy that can only be felt, sensed. What's that French word? Oh yeah, frisson. Beaucoup de frisson going on right here. I can't tell, but it almost feels like my hair might be standing on end. Something happened here, undoubtedly. Something big. Okay, time to check on the rest of the team. I take out my data pad and open up a channel. I think about holding it up to my ear, but that feels way too weird. I don't need to anyway. I hold it a foot or so from my face and start talking. Uh, team? Jake here. Just wanted to check in with everyone. I'm at my appointed location. Just wanted to get the sit rep. Over. What the fuck are you playing at, Jakey? This isn't the front lines. You're not a fucking soldier. I don't know. There's some crazy shit going on here. Feels pretty much like the front lines to me. Look, just don't, okay? Oh, give it a rest, Mum. He's just trying to have some fun. I can't blame him. I'm all ensconced here at HQ with Jean. All systems working normally here. Over. Jeez, you guys. Okay, whatever. I'm at the second rift site. Just like Zhang said, there's nothing really here. No evidence I can see. But... It sounds like there's a but there, Monica. Okay, fine. There is a but. But... It just feels weird here. I don't know what it is. Like the air. Feels tense. Constrained. Like some shit went down. Some really... Bad shit. I hear you, Monica. I got the same vibes here but nothing that catches the eye. Let's move on to the next locations. Zhang will upload the next rift sites for us. Roger, the... God damn it. Now you've got me doing it. Fine, I'm on my way. Roger, Roger, over and out. I put the data pad away to the sounds of Monica and loading with a bunch of expletives and Steve just laughing. It feels good. This feels right. It's serious, but we're taking it easy, too. Gotta have some levity here, or we're just gonna lose our fucking minds.
The rest of the day is uneventful. We continue checking the sights all around the rock. It takes time. It's boring, but we do it. I, no, we need to do it. To learn all we can. At our morning meeting, Steve decides he wants to hang out with Jong at the viewing tower on top of the rock. He's pretty computer savvy and wanted to be available for any necessary computering, as he put it. Don't really know if there's anything Jong can't accomplish without him, or me, or anyone for that matter. But whatever. He's comfortable up there, and we're cool with that. It's a case of respecting everyone's wishes, and that's what we're going with right now. Each side is like the last. No signs of disturbance. No evidence. But the impending feeling continues to build. Like you're walking under power lines that convey feeling more than sound, and just keep getting stronger and stronger at each site. When we get to the last couple sites, we see something concrete for the first time. These are ones that hit, rift sites that opened and closed while we've been here and actually heard them. I know my heart started racing when I reached my last one for the day, and I'm sure Monica is having similar feelings. actually seeing something for the first time. I've got scorch marks. Lots of scorch marks. It's like some kid was having fun trying to cut up the ground with a lightsaber. I don't know what the hell went on here, but it was some bad shit. And I can see this, like, heavy circle of black... I don't know why I said heavy. It's just a lot thicker than the scorch marks. And it's like the closer I get, the stronger the feeling of something pushing me down is. I swear I can hear some sizzling. Like static electricity. It's giving me the fucking creeps. The black circle. It's like way blacker than anything else. Blacker than I knew black could get. I'm... I'm pretty freaked out right now. Bloody hell, Mum. I think it's about time to about face and get the fuck out of there. Seconded. You found out all you can, and it's incredibly useful. Now get the hell out of there. No problem. You don't need to tell me twice. I'm gone. I get this thorough and disturbing report before I've reached my final site. It makes me wary. No, it makes me scared. I've been on edge all day. Ever since we concluded our meeting and started heading out. And now... Now I think I'm actually shaking a little. Okay, Jake. Let's take a deep breath and get this shit done. The first thing I notice are the scorch marks. Just like Monica said, there's a lot of them, all haphazard and in strange directions. There's no rhyme or reason to them. It's like someone was working with some futuristic laser saw that they couldn't control properly. I... I guess they could be something else. Claw marks? Really deep, gouging claw marks? Something trying to hold on? Or pulling itself through? from another dimension and not being quite able to <sighs> fuck 
tension in the air is like level 10. The frisson is frissoning the shit out of this place. It's almost palpable. I'm kind of scared to open my mouth in case my tongue might get zapped. In my head, I can practically see a map of concentric zones of electrical, or is that ectoplasmic activity? Yeah, sort of like the infrared map, except these are rings of different sizes, with each smaller ring getting stronger. I can feel it pulling me toward the center, to the place where the magic happened. <laughs> magic. You might think that a funny word for it, but it's not really. Not to me. It's something I don't understand. None of us understands it. It's beyond our comprehension. At least right now. Therefore, magic. Each step closer makes it harder to take another. It's pulling me in, but also pushing away. You'd need some serious physicist to figure out the equations and calculations being used right now. And inside myself, I'm also feeling plenty of push-pull forces. I want to know what's going on here. I want to know what's behind these phenomena and understand it. But I'm also fucking terrified. I'd much rather turn tail and head right back to my safe bed behind the protective walls of the apartment I've been staying at. Of course, doing the latter wouldn't make for much dramatic outcome now, would it? It's clearly a lot like the rift site Monica recently saw. Just a little more potent, you know. And it already feels like it's kicked up a notch. But as much as I might like that to be, I already know it holds more in store for me. So... Here goes. The black grooves on the ground become deep, more ferocious if that makes sense, as if whatever made them had more strength at this point, or a better reach. They're angrier. Whatever made them is fucking unhappy it wasn't able to pull itself through. Some of them are wider than my foot, so I've got to watch where I'm going to avoid getting a sprained ankle or maybe a broken one. I'm also noticing that some of the ground here isn't dirt or soil, but veins. Not totally sure if that's the right word. Solid rock. Basically, it's really, really hard, and yet it doesn't seem to have slowed down the thing that made these vicious claw marks at all, as it cauterized the edges, as evidenced by the black suit and scorch marks. And then I'm there, in the room where it happened, so to speak at the point where reality was opened, torn asunder, the boundary between dimensions ripped open like a paper bag. It's not there anymore, sealed up, closed. But I can still feel it, and I can see it in my head, a jagged bright yellow line, like a really thin but long lightning bolt. And now that I'm staring at the spot with deep concentration, I can actually fucking see it, the barest hint of a white line in the same shape. It's a scar. A scar in the fabric of reality. Will it ever heal? Disappear and become seamless again? I don't know. Before I realize it, my right arm is lifting up, the fingers reaching out to see if it's a real thing. If I can touch it. Found out what it feels like. I can feel it's warm, and before I can stop my fingers from touching it, there's a sizzling sound. I yank my arm back and look at my fingertips. The tips of three fingers, the ones that touch the scar, are blackened, red circles around the edges, 
It feels like I just put my fingertips on a hot frying pan. The pain is instant and sharp, almost unbearable at first, but then it begins to let off and yet still remaining very apparent. It's going to take a few days to heal. Well, shit, I won't be doing that again. I take a few steps back and crouch down, alternately blowing on my burned fingertips and cradling the hand against my chest. I stare at the line for a moment, then close my eyes. The yellow lightning bolt is there, clearer and brighter. I send out my mental feelers around the scar, doing whatever it is that I do when I'm trying to open a door in Ostium. And then I can actually feel it. This was a doorway, now sealed up. But the wound through reality is still very fresh. All it would take is a serious mental shove from me to use those feelers to pull it apart, to rip it open. And the ostium would be reopened and I'd be able to pass through again. A million thoughts flood my mind. What would I find on the other side? Where would I be? Would there be anyone else there? When would it be? Would it be breathable? Would I be able to survive? Is it easier to tear open this scar from this side? Can the thing that did it originally not do it again from the other side? Is this one of the metaphysical rules of ostium? For creating and opening an ostium? If the thing is there on the other side, will it want to rip off my head and drink the spurting blood from my exposed throat? Well, where the fuck had that come from? It was almost like it wasn't an original thought. Not one of my own. Okay, I think I've experienced enough. I don't know if I want to tell everyone what happened here. Okay guys, all done here. I saw some weird shit, which I'll tell you about as soon as we all make it back to home base. Roger mate, see you back at HQ in a bit. I'll meet you at the cable car. We can ride up together. Sounds good. The walk back to the EV feels a long one, which is good, because it gives me time to do some serious thinking. I wasn't sure what it was that made me not want to do all the legwork and just sit comfortably at HQ. The thought of having to look at those strange sites where weird shit happened. Or is that weird sites where strange shit happened? A little from column A and a little from column B. The idea sounded intriguing, but I find Zhang and this whole quantum computer system, as well as the elaborate setup here at HQ, so bloody fascinating. I just wanted to stay up here. Zhang is as close to a human being as anyone I've ever met. When we got to talking a bit, as Jake and Monica were off checking out those rift sites, Zhang informed me after being treated like a basic computer program by everyone at the Ostium network for so long. They were very happy and appreciative at how considerable we'd all been with them so far. Zhang also informed me that they had decided their preferred pronoun. In case you haven't gathered, it's they, them and their. That's their possessive, not referring to a place. I told them I appreciated being informed of this, and we would do our best to respect their wishes. I barely need to type anything here. Shang pretty much does it all if I ask. 
Every once in a while a virtual keyboard will pop up out of thin air if I need to type something or use some keys for direction, such as when I wanted to see a complete map of the rock. I was expecting a simple two-dimensional thing I could look over, get an idea of where we are, where our apartments are in relation to HQ, and how everything was all laid out. You know, basically one of those paper jobs one would get from an old petrol station back on normal Earth. Well, I was bloody surprised. It was this elaborate 3D topographical job. I felt like I was in the Matrix or something. I used the virtual keys to move around a bit, change the orientation and my point of view. I had Zhang put up little dots where we were, where our places were. Then I had her put up all the locations of the rift sites. I was gobsmacked. I thought there might be some sort of pattern, you know. Just possibly. It was worth a shot. The big O stands out like a sore thumb. It's so bloody obvious. Except it isn't a complete O. There's an unfinished part near the top. But it's very clear. Whoever is behind all this is either having a laugh or has a very fucked up idea of humour. Zhang, the rift sites look to be in a shape of an O. That is correct. As in, O for ostium? That is unknown and merely a hypothesis on your part. There are many other words beginning with that letter. Have you thought that it might also be the number zero? Uh, no. I suppose I hadn't. Good point. Still a bloody big coincidence, though. I suppose so. For a human... You people sure do love your coincidences. You people? What do you mean by that then? Flesh and blood corporeal beings. <laughs> Alright then, let's leave it at that, shall we? Whatever you desire, Steve. Steve? Zhang? Come in. Are you there, honey? Yeah, I'm here, Mum. What's the matter? by now. He should have been here a while ago. I'm starting to get worried. Can you find out what's going on? Sure thing, Mum. Give us a tick. Okay, Zhang, can you show me on the map where Jake is? Can you tell if he's okay? One moment, please. I have located him. According to my sensors, he is in peak health and condition, unchanged to how he was before. Thank you. Where is he? Here is his current location. He is in motion. They showed me where he was. He wasn't close to where he'd been before, at that last rift site. He wasn't close to where Monica was waiting, at the bottom of the mountain where the cable car was. He wasn't on his way to her, either. He was in a completely different spot, on his way somewhere else. Somewhere he hadn't told us he planned on going. It shouldn't mean anything to me. I should be just as confused as my mom is right now, but I'm not, because I've got that map and all the spots where the rift sites are, and I can clearly see where he's headed. He's headed to the part of that carefully arranged O, where there's a bloody great big hole. Zhang, can you work out where Jake's headed? No calculations are necessary. I am already fully aware where Jake is going. And where would that be exactly? To the proposed location of the next rift site. Right, and how exactly did he come by that information? Simple. I told him. Could you possibly elaborate a bit? Yes, Steve. He asked me for this information, 
I gave him this information. Okay then, and did he say why exactly he wanted to know where this rift site was? He did not tell me. Exactly. He asked for the same information I have shown you on his data pad, a map, and all the locations of the rift sites already occurred. He then asked if I could extrapolate where the next rift site would be. I said I could and did so. He then asked if I knew when the event might occur that would trigger the opening of this rift site. I told him I did and gave him the proposed time. And when might that be? Eight minutes from now. Bloody hell. Okay then. Mum's not going to be happy. Hello, Mum. I've got some news for you. Bad news, in fact. It's really not good. <sighs> Just tell me, Steve. Now. Jake's on his way to the next expected rift site. He got the info from Jean. The location and where it's all supposed to happen. And when's that? According to the counting down clock in front of me, 7 minutes and 37 seconds, and counting. can't fucking believe him. I know I've been in this situation before. I know I've said these exact words, but still, fuck him. I can't fucking believe him. He got me again. I feel like fucking fucking Scully in the X-Files, getting screwed over by Mulder over and over again, left at the hotel room or where the body is or just by the side of the fucking road while Mr. Spooky Mulder goes gallivanting off to who the fuck knows where. Well, not this time. Zang! I want the location of that final rift site on my data pad right now. There's no response, but a blinking light appears on the screen, at a spot on the map of Gibraltar. It's not too far from here, but it's still far enough. I think I can make it in seven minutes. Barely. If I fucking floor it in the EV. But Jake's got a head start. Monica out! I jump in the vehicle and hit what gas there is. It's not quite ridiculously slow, but it's... It's fucking unimpressive. It's just a little bit faster than I can run, so it is worth it. Now I just have to bite my tongue and bide my time. And will this thing to go faster? I can see him. Up ahead. I've got less than a minute to go. He's already there. Checking his data pad. Making sure it's the right spot. He hasn't heard me. Hasn't looked around. Has no clue I'm on his tail. Boy, am I going to lay into his ass when I get to him. He's not getting away this time. He's walking up to the specific spot. Is he insane? I stop the vehicle and jump out. I'm running now. Fast as I can. I'm making myself go faster than the EV now. I'm going to get to him in time. Gotta get to him in time.
I'm here, where Zhang told me it was going to happen. The next rift site. I've got 30 seconds. I can feel the tension starting to build. It's going to happen, real soon. I look at my data pad again, zooming in as far as it can go. It's a matter of feet now, or meters according to the scale. I'm four meters away. Okay then, I count five steps back. This feels right. Some distance between us, but enough to do what needs to be done. Not sure exactly what that is yet, but if there's anything I've learned in my time passing through Ostium, it's always trust my gut and go with my intuition. It hasn't steered me wrong. Yet. Am I hearing something? Sounds like somebody running? I look back over my shoulder and see Monica barreling down at me. What the fuck? And that's when the explosion and light show begins. There's a veritable tearing sound, but more akin to ripping flesh than cloth. It's absolutely horrible, and the opening between worlds is clear before me. Then everything goes haywire. It's like there's a power vacuum, like being in a spaceship and there's a hole in the hull. Everything's being sucked in. I spread my legs trying to keep my balance, hold my ground. I can't worry about Monica right now. She's going to have to fend for herself. Hopefully she's stopped and staying back, or maybe running in the opposite direction. Let's hope so. What was she thinking? And then, gray arms are reaching through the rift. Scarred, wrinkled things. The hands are little more than skeletal appendages. Finger bones that taper into a very fine and sharp point. They gouge into the ground and there's a scalding sound like water on hot oil. The ground turns black. The talons sink into it, putty, pulling back, trying to get a hold. Not this time, whatever the fuck you are. There's noise and wind and plenty of terror inside of me, but I do what I need to do, because I have to. I hold out my arms, hands palms out. Then I make an emphatic pushing motion while yelling, Whatever the hell you are, get back! Get back from the foul pit from whence you came! I know it's fucking cheesy, but I'm improvising here. I don't think the words do anything, but I feel something release itself from me, passing through my palms. A sort of white steam materializes and moves like a solid wall toward the opening. There's a strangled screech. The withered arms quickly pull back into the rift. I wait a few seconds, then take tentative steps forward, getting closer. I don't want to, but I have to. I'm ready to do whatever the hell I just did again. To push whatever it is back further in there. To fucking stop it once and for all. I keep taking small steps ahead. Waiting. Wondering. Hoping. Maybe that was enough to stop it. Maybe? I stopped in my fucking tracks when those arms came out. Jesus! You're scaring the shit out of me. What the fuck are they? What the fuck are they attached to? I don't think I want to know. But Jake is being Jake, facing the badness like it's no biggie. Just like he did before when he stared down the open maw of the first ostium door. And now he's doing something with his arms. What the shit is that? What the hell just came out of his hands? Damn, it worked. Those arms have gone back inside. It had an effect. Oh shit, he's going closer. Don't, Jake. Don't do it. I can't... 
can't fucking lose you again. Stop moving. Stay put. I'm slowly coming, and I'm almost there. I can almost see through the rift, see what's on the other side. I think it's that crazy alternate world ostium that Steve was in. It's so weird. So not ostium. And what's that? That thing over there? It's moving. Moving this way? Maybe. It looks injured. I can't quite make it out. I need to get closer. I'm close to the edge now. The sounds are lessening. It's helping me focus. And then that thing moves with incredible speed. The arms are back and reaching for me. Jake! The arms just shot out and grabbed him. Jake, hold on! I'm almost there! He's struggling, trying to keep his footing, trying to hold back, but they're too strong. He can't hold on. And then he's pulled through the rift. And gone. Like he never was. Just like he was before. Gone from this world. Gone from this life. But I'm not going to let it happen this time. Not this fucking time. I'm so close. And the rift is starting to close up now. The edges are knitting together. Fuck, I gotta hurry. And then I only have one choice. I bend my knees and leap through the rift. By the time I come to on the other side... I can see the rift has completely closed up. And I have no fucking clue where Jake is. Or that thing that took him. Here's a cool fact. A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact, you can get short-term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan, or turning a side hustle into a full-time gig. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at uh1.com. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowl and Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowl and Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus get 15% off your first order at bowlandbranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot. 
we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. I regain consciousness to pain, only in certain parts of my body, my arms, my thighs, the side of my face. Okay, it's localized. Localized too. the parts of me that are on the ground. What the fuck happened? Oh yeah, I drove through that rift and I didn't know if I was ever going to open my eyes again. I slowly do, and everything is hazy at first. Parts of me are hurting because I landed and I'm laying on them. Plus, it's a gravel floor, which is not helping. I gingerly pick myself up. The hurting parts start hurting less. Good. It wasn't serious. Maybe a few scrapes and bruises, but nothing major. Now, where the hell am I? It's dark. Not completely dark, not full dark, but dark like the inside of a closet. I'm gonna need to give it some time to let my eyes adjust. Good, that's a little better. I can see shapes now. What the hell is this? I feel like I'm in that crazy 80s movie. What was it? Tron. There's glowy outlines everywhere. But it's not like I'm in some crazy computer game or a bizarre future. It's... it's ostium. I see streets and buildings, but it's like at night when everything's turned off. Except for the strange fluorescent outline around anything. So it's Ostiumtron. Okay then. God, it hurts. Everywhere. More than it should. What happened to me? Was I... 
I was dealing with whatever the fuck was coming through the rift, and then those hideous arms came out and grabbed me. The sizzling got louder. Everything got incredibly hot and loud, and then, and then I blacked out, and now I'm here. I can tell it's ostium, that other ostium, the one that was dark and with the weird glowing outlines, the one Steve was in when he met that thing. He said he thought it was female, but it completely terrified him. I'm pretty sure that's what was trying to break through those rifts each time. Come through to the Ostium network where we were. Was it coming for us? All of us? Or was it about the place, the Ostium network? Did it want to get there? Did it know there was no one else there? That it was a place ripe for the taking? Or was it after John? Or the whole quantum computing system that we've got there? Speaking of which, where the hell is it? I'm in a room. I think it's a room. I can see the outline of four walls, and there's the outline of a door. Just trying to open it. No luck. The handle won't even turn. So I'm guessing that thing put me here, dumped me here, and left. Why? What did it want with me? If it wanted me and took me, why has it just abandoned me here? Don't get me wrong, I'm very happy to be alive right now. I'm just very confused. So instead of trying to work out what the hell it was and why it's gone away now or why I'm in a lot of pain, I'm just going to delve into why I think it was coming after us. Yes, that's what I believe now. I don't think it was trying to get to the Ostium network. Maybe before we arrived it was, because I hadn't pissed it off then. Please allow me to explain. This thing... I'm not going to call it a she or a he or a crone or anything. I just don't know at this point, and from what I've gathered, it's clearly not human, and attaching any sort of gender to it seems pointless right now. I'm just going to call it that. It. This thing feeds off of energy. Power. Or it needs it at least. Probably as food. Sustenance. Like any entity, be it an atomic particle or a blue whale or a goddamn black hole, it needs to feed or it dies, ceases to exist. And please, don't bring antimatter into this right now. I don't know yet where it came from or how it came to be, anything like that. But it was coming along and saw Steve and wanted to feed. That's why it came after him. It didn't get him. It was still hungry. It saw him go through a door. Maybe it tried some doors. Maybe it tried all the doors. None of them opened. So then it tried making its own door, opening a hole in reality to somewhere else, somewhere not here just like I've done a couple of times now. It takes a lot of energy, a hell of a lot of energy, but I've only just started doing it, so maybe it's like your alcohol tolerance. Stay with me here. The more you drink, the stronger your tolerance gets. The more ostiums you open and create, the better you get at doing it, and maybe it requires a little less energy each time, a little less of your life force, so you're not left unconscious afterward. And that's when it started punching holes through to the Ostium network. Maybe it's been punching lots and lots of holes to different times. Different Ostium networks? Different iterations of it? Different tangents? Maybe it has something to do with the blackness and all the shit that's been happening to us since Monica and I have been going through the doors of Ostium. Yeah, that makes my head hurt too. You're not alone there. I'm going to back off of that thought path for a bit. Put a pin in it, as they say. Yes, it's a possibility, and we're going to leave it at that for now. I'm also pretty certain that whatever took over Steve and controlled him 
using the gun to kill those people, the ones that we were eventually able to save, it was all the same thing controlling him. And since we were able to stop it from controlling him and killing them, as well as doing the whole fucked up Saw movie at the Fort Bragg house, it's all been sort of reset. Steve has control once again over his faculties and is his own person. I don't know if he realizes this. Need to tell him the next time I see him. If I ever get to see him again. I think it's after me. I know, I know. You think I'm reading too much into this. You're thinking, Jake, get off your fucking high horse and take a step back for a minute. But, as the old saying that I don't know where the hell it came from goes, hold the phone. I'm the one who opened the ostium and helped all those people escape. I'm the one who seriously changed its plans, at least in this timeline. So I can only come to the conclusion that I'm the one it's really pissed at. I stole its chance at sucking up a Boku amount of energy and life force, so now it's coming after my ass. Makes sense. It came through to the place in Fort Bragg. Saw what I did. It came after us like a bat out of hell. I just managed to get us out before it got us. It fucking terrified both of us. And we just made it out alive. It clearly wasn't happy. Maybe it was able to tell where I went, where the ostium led to, the particular ostium network I ended up in. Maybe I left a metaphysical or ectoplasmic trail of breadcrumbs for it to follow and find me. Because ever since we got to that ostium network, the rift sites have been coming sure and steady. And then I tried to face off with it. Not knowing what it was, but maybe on some level I knew exactly what it was. But I had to face it to protect Monica and Steve and John, and I scared it a little doing that thing with my hands and whatever that white stuff was that came out. Okay, yeah, I, that sounds kind of wrong, but that's what happened. I, I could make an ectoplasmic joke here, but I'm just not gonna, no, not with a 10-foot pull. But it stopped it, just for a moment, made it pull back, withdraw into its own space, and then, then it saw who I was and grabbed me, and that was the end of that. And now I'm here, wherever here is, trapped in this room, waiting, I guess. Waiting for it to come back and tear me limb from limb. So basically the opposite of Beowulf waiting for Grendel. And now I hear something coming. It's coming for me, no doubt. Fucking great. on the move. I don't know where I am. Not sure where I'm headed, but I'm on the move. Military doctrine says to not stay put, to keep your boots moving no matter... <laughs> yeah, you already know all that army talk was bullshit, so I'll just move right along. Literally. I know that thing's gotta be here somewhere. 
the thing that got Jake, the thing that was chasing Steve, and then both of them before. The thing that scared the crap out of them before they literally dove through a door Jake made and saved their asses. It grabbed him and, for all I know, ripped his head off like tearing the cover off a book. No biggie, minimum effort. But I really don't want to think about that right now. I can't hear anyone or anything else around. Nothing sounds like it's moving around here at the moment. So either it's feeding on Jake somewhere or it's thatched him and is slowly coming for me. Neither situation is good for me or for Jake. I guess the last one actually is ideal for him, so I'm just going to assume it at the moment. Assume Jake's alive and that the thing is now looking for my ass. Yeah, I know what they say when you assume, but I gotta work with what positives I can here. It got him, stuck him somewhere, somehow knew I came through and is now out for my blood. Woohoo. So that's why I gotta keep moving. I stop every couple minutes or so, listening, waiting, perhaps waiting for the inevitable. But I did what I had to do. I wasn't going to let him dive into this thing head first by himself, risk his life again, and leave me waiting and wondering. No fucking way. I've also got another card up my sleeve. A certain kick-ass little gun. Yeah, I know you're yelling. Well, how fucking convenient she should be carrying that right now in this precarious situation when she really fucking needs it. But here's the thing. Ever since I left Ostium through that crazy tiny pantry door, I've been carrying that piece. Haven't left it at my place at any point. It's been an easy reach in a pocket or tucked into my pants the whole time. Because since then, I haven't known what's going to happen next for a single moment, so I've always been prepared. When I dove through that rift, I wasn't thinking, Oh, shucks, too bad I didn't bring that little ass kicker, or geez, sure happy I packed that piece today. It's been in my possession the whole time, and for good reason. Haven't had to use it yet. Haven't needed to. But I'm sure as fucking happy I'm carrying it now. And yeah, that's right, it's in my hand, the safety's off, and is ready to zap anything that comes at me. I'm ready as fuck to face down this thing, whatever the fuck it is. So I keep stopping, waiting, getting ready for something to come out of nowhere and then be right in my face. And then I turn down the street and sort of recognize myself. Yeah, I know, in this place it's next to impossible. All the buildings look sort of the same and there are no numbers. But I'm remembering the shape of the road, the way the streets go off it, and at which points. Something in my head is making sense of it. So I go with it, trusting my intuition like Jakey so often likes to do. I turn down the street, then make a right turn down the next as soon as I can. Then I'm running down that street towards the clock tower. Door number one. Except there's no number on it. And here, in this fucked up alternate ostium, the actual clock tower just reaches up into the darkness and I can't see the top. It just sort of disappears. <laughs> Great. Oh, that's real comforting. Then I'm at the door, gun held to the side of my head, trying to steady my breath and listening again. 
I'm looking back behind me, not moving, trying to take it all in without giving away my position. And then I see movement. Something is out there. Looking for me, I'm guessing. It could be looking for Jake, too, but since it grabbed him and dragged him into this place, it doesn't seem likely. I can't hear it, but I can see it moving. It's too far away. But then I hear it speak. It instantly raises goosebumps all over my body. moves out of sight. I wait. I hear no more words of encouragement. Good. That's my cue. I turn the handle and step inside the clock tower. No clue what I'm going to find on the other side. I look at my surroundings. I don't have much space in here, but it's what I've got to work with. I move all the way to the back wall, farthest away from the door. I could try hiding behind the door as it opens, but that thing is going to just know and it's not going to help at all. At least this way I've got a couple extra seconds as it comes at my throat, after dealing with whatever it's been doing since it left me here. I've got no weapons, nothing to protect myself with, just my bare hands and my feet. Let's not forget I can deliver a mean kick when I mean to. Didn't do all that soccer in high school for nothing. I watch the handle as it turns and tents up, ready to launch myself at it. Those extra few seconds may mean the difference between life and death for me. The door swings open and I let fly. Jake? I twist away and face plant into the wall. It's not fun, let me tell you. I peel myself off the black stone and look at my visitor. Monica, what the hell are you doing here? <laughs> happy to see you too, soldier. Um, sorry, I'm happy to see you. Genuinely, I just... Never expected to see me again? Alive? Uh, yeah, kind of. Thought you could pull the old Mulder trick one more time. Huh? Oh, you mean leaving you back there? Yep. Kinda want to smack you upside the head right now for that. That's totally warranted, but I don't think that would be the best decision right now. Why? Because we've got that fucked up thing coming for us? Yeah, sure, but also because I know it really hurt. Also true. So how do you want to play this? 
play this? What's your plan, Brainiac, for taking down the big beastie? Um, I don't really know. I was just going to face it and do whatever came naturally. Were you going to try to talk some sense into it? Talk it down from ripping out your throat? Yeah, sure. Maybe. Fucking typical. But I was also going to try to do something with my hands, like I did before, when I made it stop. Yeah, I saw that. It looked like some Gandalf badassery. Pretty impressive. You think you've got enough in you to do it all again and put a stop to it? I don't know. All I can do is try. Yep, that's right. Fortunately, I've got this nifty gun to help out. Is that like the one Steve was using before when he was going through the doors after those men? I think it's crazier than that. I think it is the exact gun, and somehow we now have two of them. I don't really get it. It's all timey-wimey stuff, right? Sure, but I'm glad you've got it. And I'm glad you're here with me right now to face down this thing. Oh, that's the nicest thing anyone's ever said to me. Thank you, Jakey. It was on my tail before, and I think it's about to arrive. You ready? As ready as I'll ever be. We step out of the dark room into another dark room. But it's all really familiar to me. The rooms of the clock tower where Jake and I have spent a lot of time. And then just me by my lonesome. Seeing it in this darkness, it's still really disturbing. Just ain't right. And then there's the thing standing before us in the doorway. That also ain't right. On a major fucking level. I think Steve was right. It is female, or some sort of female, but definitely not of the normal human variety. It's hunched over, frail and decrepit, but I know this is part of its act. It's smokescreen, it's subterfuge. It wants you to think it's old and weak and helpless, that it needs you to help. All the better to get you with its big, sharp teeth. I ain't falling for that shit. Jake isn't either. He's standing next to me, arms at his side, hands splayed open, ready to try and do whatever it is he did before. I told Jake one last thing before we stepped out of the other room. Follow my lead. The gun is held by my side. The thing is looking at us. It lifts its arms a little. The jaws open as it begins to talk. A single word comes out. Then I whip up the gun and shoot it in the face. Jake is there, my partner in crime, raising his hands and willing them to do what they did before. The white mist appears and shoots towards the thing. It's bright and vibrant in this dark place and feels comforting. And again, badass. 
The thing is pushed back. This two-pronged attack has taken a toll. It drops down to one of its knees. The soiled cloak it wears hiding its lower form. I assume it has knees. We watch and wait. It stays that way for ten, twenty, thirty seconds, then slowly stands back up again. I fire again and Jake follows up. Same attack, same amount of power. This time there's a different result. The thing doesn't drop down. It pulls back a little, hunching into itself, then straightens once more. The attack didn't take much of a toll this time. Shit. We need to hit it with something stronger. But what? Then a thought comes to me. A totally fucking stupid thought. But... What have we got to lose at this point? Jake? Yeah, Monica? We need to do something. Yeah, but what? We need to... cross the streams. What? Oh, but how? Now I look at him, not giving a shit about that thing before us trying to end our lives. Follow my lead. I snap my head back at it and start pumping the trigger, firing repeated blasts into its form. As I do this, I sidestep closer and closer to Jake. He gets the idea real quick, his hands raised, the white whateverness spilling out of his fingertips like, you know what? Soon we're touching each other's sides, bringing our hands closer. Jake brings his palms together, forming an arrowhead. The expelling beam becomes thicker and more solid, more defined. Then Jake's beam and my laser blast do the impossible, but exactly what I hope. They connect, then wrap around each other, forming a blasting braid. It's uh, pretty fucking awesome. This new beam is stronger and brighter and just kicks the shit out of the thing. We keep it going for a whole other minute and then I stop. Jake does the same. Silence is very noticeable. The thing is on the ground, smoldering. Smoke comes off of it in small columns. The smell is... Soot and cinnamon? With a hint of rosemary? What the fuck? We slowly walk toward it. Not the best move, I know, but we need to be sure we stopped it. We need to be sure it's dead. We reach it, and I'm stopped in my tracks. Jake is too. (laughs) It's shaking. Shaking because it's crying. The sounds are definitely feminine. It's a girl crying. Sobbing. I should think this is a trap. A ploy with its last ounce of strength to get back at us. No. The sounds. The emotion. It's all so real. What she's been through. It's too much. She never deserved this. I don't know where this thought came from, but it feels right. It feels true. This creature is a young girl, and she's been through so much and hasn't deserved any of it. I look to Jake and see tears on his cheeks. You're crying. My eyes widen in shock. 
I am? You are too. He touches his face and seems just as surprised as I am. Then we look at her. She's speaking words now. The words of a young woman. But ragged, strangled. Such sad words. I'm sorry. I'm so sorry. For everything I've done. So, so, so sorry. We can't leave her here. What? I don't know if he didn't hear me, didn't understand what I said, or just wasn't willing to comprehend. We can't leave her here. He looks at her for a while and then me, weighing, deciding. Are you sure? No, I'm not fucking sure, but I know it's not right to leave her here. Like us, she has a story. I feel something happened to her, for her to end up like this. We owe it to her to help her, to give her another chance. Just like I gave you another chance, and you gave me another chance. And Steve got another chance? Yes. Okay. Okay. Shall I carry her? No, I'll do it. She can't weigh much. Anyway, I'm much stronger than you. But I need you to open an ostium and get us back to Steve and Zhang in our world there. Right. I throw the woman over my shoulder. It feels like I've tossed a wet raincoat over my back. Barely anything. We step outside the clock tower into the street. I look to Jake. He nods. This'll work for him. I wait for him to do his magic. I'm so fucking tired, I can barely stand up. That power, that life force I shot out has left me an empty husk. But I don't have a choice. I have to do this. For Monica. For that thing. No, that woman. She deserves just as much of a chance as the rest of us. We're outside now and I debate, leaning against the black wall. But I don't. I don't want to show Monica how exhausted I am. I'll just worry her. I'll do what I always do. I'll make it work. I have to. I take three deep breaths, then close my eyes and imagine the Ostium network. Our Ostium network. With Steve there, and Zhang. And our apartments. Our few personal things we've started accruing. The familiar feel of the place I've come to know. It's a lot easier this time than last. I let those thoughts and feelings flow through me. Enhancing the image of place in my mind. Giving it life and substance. Another breath, and then I... Open the ostium. My eyes spring open and I see the doorway before me. It's not huge, an oval with shaky edges that bend in and out. 
It's not great, not impressive at all, but it's enough. You first, with the woman. I'll be right behind you. Monica looks at me, thinking, weighing her options, wanting to send me in first. She's seen through my facade and knows I can barely hold myself up. But she's got the woman. She doesn't have a choice. Don't worry. I'll be right behind you. I promise. Okay. Then she looks me right in the eye. You better fucking be. I can't help snorting. This helps. She turns and slides through the haphazard ostium. I watch and wait, making sure both of them get through with no problem. Then they're gone and it's just me. I take a few breaths, then will my aching legs to move and shuffle myself to the ostium. It's damn hard. I've got to keep it solid in my head and do this whole walking and going through it thing. It seems too much. Not just one thing too much. Two things too much. Why do they both have to be so hard? I shouldn't have to do either. I should be able to just go back into the clock tower and sleep. Sure, why not? It's right there. It's all black and weird, but there's a floor. I can sleep on the floor. In fact, I can sleep on this floor right under my feet. I can just collapse on down until there's no more falling, and then I can close my eyes and just sleep for... No. No, I can't do that. I need to get through the ostium. The image in my head has grown hazy, almost blurry. I force it to snap back, but it's not perfect. Sort of there and sort of not there at the same time, but I'm completely out of juice and it's just the best I can do right now. The ostium is still in front of me, just a couple steps to go. I force one leg in front of the other. It's like lifting concrete, but I get it done. And then I'm there. I can't quite make out what's on the other side. It looks right. It matches what's in my head, but it's also kind of fuzzy, unclear. And then, with my last ounce of strength, I lean forward and fall through the ostium. We're through. Both of us. I'm on my knees, and I lay the woman down softly. She's barely moving, but she's breathing. That's good enough. I get back up and look back at the ostium. And watch it close up. Gone. Nothing. And no Jake came through. The tears spring to my eyes again, and then they're running down my cheeks. And then I'm yelling a bad word at the sky. Fuck! Mom, is that you? Are you back? Are you and Jake back? Yes. And no, I'm back. And I brought her back to help her. But Jake... Jake... Jakey didn't make it. It's all I can say. I drop the data pad to the ground. And then I'm by the woman, lifting her up, shaking her awake, 
She's barely conscious, but reacting a little. I slap her face twice, one side and then the other. This does the trick and her eyes spring open. She's not really aware of where she is or who she is, it seems. I don't give a fuck. I need you to get him back. I need you to get him back here right now. She stares at me, confused. Do what you need to do and get him here, now. Then her eyes clear a little. She looks at me and then she looks at the spot where the ostium was before. She looks around. She understands. She looks back at me, scared. Finally, she speaks. I... I can't. I don't know... You do! You do know how! You did it! Lots of fucking times! No! I don't know where he is! He's back in that fucked up place we all were before! No. I feel that place. He's not there anymore. He's gone from there. Then then where the fuck is he? She looks back to where the ostium was. Shakes her head in that same way, to one side, then the other. I don't. I'm up, walking around, wanting to do something. Then I stare at the same spot she kept staring at, thinking. I look up to the top of the rock, where I know Steve is. My son, talking to Zhang, trying to find out what the hell is going on here. I gotta do it. I can't just leave him. I turn back to the woman. Do it! Open an ostium! A what? A a fucking door! Open one up! To where? I don't care. Anywhere. Anywhen. Just do it! Why? This time, I pulled a little gun on her. Just fucking do it! I... I don't know if I can. Just try! She nods, she turns, and then there's a look of incredible pain and sadness on her face. I can barely watch, then I can't. I turn to the space we've both been looking at, and I see an ostium start to open. Small at first, the size of a dinner plate. I walk up to it. It starts to grow. When it gets to the size of a tire, it's good enough. I turn back to her. Thank you. Then I dive through the ostium and I don't care where or when I end up. No matter what it takes, no matter how long it takes, I'm going to find Jake. And I'm going to bring him back. Thank you.